Hey guys, long time no talk. It's Gabby, and today I have a special guest, Miss Cheyenne. <laughs> hey, aka Yaya Whiting. Yaya Whiting, what's up, guys? <laughs> so, before we get started on today's topic, we're going to be talking about toxic relationships. <laughs> or is it but, Yes. <laughs> so we're going to do like a check-in. So how you doing today, Cheyenne? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's been a long, short weekend for some reason. It went by super fast. It's but, Labor Day weekend and uh, we got to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. But it has been definitely a good weekend. I spent some time with some family. Um, I've taken a lot of time this weekend just by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now just kind of checking in with myself as well. So it's been, it's been yeah, a good weekend. It's very important to spend time alone because people be draining. People be toxic. Well, when, you're, when you're empathetic and you, you care, to say the least, without saying empathic, of course, but um, you, you are drained. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily always being a people people pleaser, but sometimes it's just simply that you just care too much, so... Mm-hmm. Being around people too often is not yeah. the best, especially for me. So. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I've known Cheyenne for a long time since... It was our was senior it, year, our se- so it was 2014, because we graduated 2015, so 14 to 22, what is that, 8 years, 6 years, 6 years. It feels like we've known each other longer. It might be like but not 7 like, years. Not, I think it's like 6, 7 years. It's like we've known each other longer, but not that really annoying. Like I feel like I've known you forever, type mm-hmm. of thing. Like it's, I think it's definitely genuine. But we've had a rocky friendship. I wouldn't say it's that rocky. I mean, it was rocky enough to like have to rekindle. Like you know, sometimes when you have those little disagreements with friends, and you kind of, you kind of just get over it. Like mm-hmm. you just kind of just apologize and it, and you mean it and get over it. But no, we had to like rekindle completely. And, like, relearn who each other were. Yeah, we both have changed a lot, and we've grown and evolved. We're not the same people that we were in high school. And, yeah, we met in art class. Yeah. In Mr. Podell's class. Mr. Podell. I remember getting <laughs> he there. He was weird. I, there was a reason I went to that high school, and mm-hmm. it was because I knew a few people there, and that was great, but... I was, like, really nervous about certain classes because I was like, fuck, I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And, like, sitting next to people, I can't, like, words don't come out, come out of my mouth when I meet new people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know how. But I sat down. I was put at, I can't remember if I was put at that table or I chose that seat. I just, I can't seem to remember that. But I do remember Gabby instantly being like, hi, how are you? What's your name? Where did you come from? Why do you, why do you go here now? And just stuff like that. And so it was really nice. And then pretty much she ended the, the class period with, like, who do you eat lunch with? Because it was, like, in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. So I think she might have assumed that I had been there all week. I don't know. But I was like, I don't know. She's like, come <laughs> eat with us. And then I think I did that day. I don't really remember, to be honest. I, I do remember at some point I started to hang out with you guys really, con- mm-hmm. like, consistently. Um, My friend group was hella diverse. It was so fun. Like, I love mm-hmm. everybody there was so great. Like... Everybody just made me feel really welcome, which is why, uh, you made those eyes, um, which is why I felt very comfortable there. And when I did have to leave, I was really, really sad. But um, Gabby's like one of the only ones, aside from our friend Katie, that like mm-hmm. I talk to from there. There's a couple people, but really just yeah. Gabby. And I think, and I only talked to Katie closer. because of 
Gabby. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think we're closer. And And Katie, if you're watching this, I love you. Listening, not watching, you weirdo. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this, I love you. And we also, me and Katie also grew apart. Nothing dramatic or nothing crazy happened. It's just we kind of like grew apart and um, we went our separate ways. And But we would always be like, you know, saying happy birthday and her birthday's on Christmas Eve and I would wish her happy birthday. And honestly, her and I became, we rekindled our friendship and shout out to... (laughs) my trip because my trip made me realize just I felt like a lot of love towards basically everyone even the people that have hurt me and I remember I messaged did I message you too yeah I messaged you and we still weren't really friends we had hung out a couple times though we had we'd gone out a couple times like I had just moved into the apartment Mm -hmm. and then we went out a couple times a couple weekends and then that's why you asked me to be there with you. And I was like, I have no idea what any oh, of this is. True. Like, I was that's so true. nervous. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, but I hadn't, I hadn't hung out with <coughs> Katie in years. Bless you. Yeah, so yeah, you were telling me, like, oh, I love you. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. But texting Katie was kind of like on the broader side of yeah. it. Because, like, it was very similar to how we had to rekindle, kind of relearn everything. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have an episode with Katie, too? Just you Oh, her. for sure. I, I do want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, we actually had recorded... So, Katie, <laughs> Katie, Cheyenne, and I, we recorded a Girl Talk episode, but it's not... Gabby, it's not there anymore. Gabby was a name dropper for a little bit. I name okay. dropped it's a so few fun. people, and I was very high, <laughs> and yeah. Anyways. I don't want to post that. Anyways. Anyways. Okay, so, I mean, we, we've gotten to the point where Gabby and I had to completely rekindle our relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason we weren't friends anymore was kind of a silly reason. But also, like, I don't know. I just felt like sure. she was hanging out with somebody that I was not fond of, of how they were treating her and making her feel. And we had all gone to the fair together. And I was ready to go because the vibes were just so off and they were just treating mm-hmm. her badly. So I wasn't about it, and I, and Gabby was like, "Okay, yeah, then go." And, I and don't were, remember this, listen, but I you were, and, and Gabby was my ride, my ride home, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So then I had to call the boy. I didn't drive there. The no, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. So I had to call the boy I was talking to. This is not like a lover of Gabby, by the way. This is uh-huh. just a random guy that she used to hang out with. But yeah. Um. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the tea, <laughs> drinking the tea. I'm sipping um, some tea. Anyway, so she, I was like really upset, so I called the boy I was currently seeing, and I was like, "Can you come get pick me up?" And he was like, "She's a horrible friend," and I was like, "I feel like she is." Like I was oh, crying. I, I was so upset. I was so upset because I I knew that he was treating her badly, and she was not feeling good about herself mm-hmm. when we were there. I loved him. Like, as a friend, but I, like, really idealized him. It was toxic. It was a really toxic dynamic. Like, I, him and I were really close friends, and we would do everything together, but I feel like he just brought out the bad in me. I agree, because I feel like anything that he did was, that was slightly (laughs) negative, you did too, and, and you let Mm -hmm. it, you let it destroy you in, in a sense, like, to say the very least, of course, but... 
I don't know. I just really didn't like the way he's he made me cry you. several times. Yeah, and that's not that's not okay. And we, I actually ran into him at the gym recently, maybe a couple months ago, and we had lunch. We had brunch, and it was nice, but it wasn't the same. And we didn't really bother to like become friends again. And I'm totally okay with that. Like we're very different people, and. You know, like, it's just, it's. I don't have the desire to but rekindle I, that I think, friendship. I think because deep down, I, you just know that it, it was toxic. Yeah. And, and there's no reason to go back to the toxicity of things. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't necessarily worried about when we rekindled. Mm-hmm. Because... I was resistant I we in were, the beginning, though. Yeah, but I didn't think we were toxic. So let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit. So Gabby mm-hmm. and I aren't friends. Um, and... We go quite some time without talking. I think maybe we did some swipe ups on stories or whatever. Yeah. Mostly me. Yeah, um, she would. Cheyenne would message me, and I would just kind of leave her on red. I wouldn't really would answer, respond. Sometimes, sometimes would, I would but I could answer. tell when it was like forced or half assed. Yeah, like I didn't really have at that time. I didn't really have the desire to rekindle the friendship because I already had my own friends, and actually recently, when were you working in Green Valley? Oh, that was September of twenty twenty one. Before my dad died, yeah. So this was definitely mm-hmm. before my dad, because my dad was getting better during this time a little bit. So it was like September, twenty twenty one. Yeah, September and, and then I, into October, because then mm-hmm. uh, towards oh shit, towards October I ended up going to a different job and yeah. that's when I was here in Tucson again she would message me and you know just kind of like ask me random questions like oh do you still live with your parents oh do you still like you would kind of like I was trying to spark she was trying of- to spark a conversation out of me but I was not having it I didn't to be honest I, I was could tell yeah I was being very dry with her I didn't really want to hang out with anyone it wasn't just her like I didn't hate her there was like no beef, like, but I just didn't really have the desire or energy to like rekindle the friendship because I was like struggling with my own shit. I was like going through a really weird phase where I couldn't really be around people, not even my friends. I was just kind of living in my head and not feeling like myself. I felt very disconnected from myself, from reality. I just, my life was just basically working. Coming home, mindlessly scrolling on TikTok, and then going to sleep. And doing it over and over again. Well. Why? Or what? I just, well, I feel Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like I respected, because, like, you never flat out said it. Mm -hmm. That you were, like, apprehensive about the, whatever, rekindling, or you just didn't want to. Yeah. I could tell. But it didn't upset me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I knew that we were just meant to be friends. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, well, at some point she'll want to hang out with me. At some point, maybe she's going through some things. I was always very sensitive to, to remembering that, you know, we all deal with mental health. So mm-hmm. I didn't know. So then I feel like at some point I noticed that you were interested in trying to hang out again. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what point that was. I don't remember what happened, but we just hung out. Do you remember the first time we hung out again? I'm trying to remember, but I do remember taking shrooms or microdosing for the first time. 
around that time. But obviously, oh. it doesn't it doesn't work out right away. It doesn't work right away. But I had a conversation with a friend, um, and he he provided me the goods, and <laughs> it really helped me, and it, it helped me get out of that really weird space of feeling like disconnected from people and the world but I, I'm trying to remember how it was when we first hung out I think you called me out and basically told me like you feel like, like you I weren't hang out with yeah like because I wasn't really communicating well, with you I, was asking I remember you I was with out. my friend Ryan I do remember asking you to hang out and you're mm-hmm. like oh I don't know I'll let you know and that's when I was like okay do you just not want to be my friend because that's fine but like let me know I'm tired of reaching out and I think maybe that triggered something. <laughs> I can't remember how I responded. No, it's not I think like we that. rescheduled or something. Mm-hmm. I think you re at that point, like you told me, you told me a lie. You're like, no, it's not that or whatever. Like I know that was a lie. But I feel like if I didn't say that, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have got you out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Did you ask me to go thrifting with you? Something like that. I think it might have been that. Probably. I don't remember the first time we hung out. I don't don't really remember. That's what MJ does to you. I have a really bad memory, but I gotta stop telling myself that because... I can't remember. Wow. I don't really remember either. Anyway, so I guess that's not important, but I did want to ask. Did you want to touch base on what happened when we weren't friends? Oh, for sure. Since we're talking about toxic relationships. It's so interesting what was going on. <gasps> because neither of us knew. Start. Like, okay, so let, let me preface with, I'm sure G- Gabby knew I was still with the person I was with. Yeah. So, at the time, sort of. While we weren't talking, at least while mm-hmm. we were only social media friends. And yeah. I didn't assume that Gabby was still kind of in the same boat as when we weren't friends anymore yeah to a to a point of course of course you've been went through and did so much more but essentially the people we knew each other were with it still ended up being that way yeah it's hard to describe without like, it's, i know it. like do we use initials we can use initials um i was with s Mm-hmm. for quite some time and, and you were with Jay and that's yeah. so vague because like there's so many days in the world but um, <laughs> you, were, you were with Jay in whatever sense you mm-hmm. pictured it being and neither of us knew what the hell was actually going on I had mm-hmm. no idea she was even with this person because yeah it was just so not as public as mine and I've always been private with yeah. my relationship situationships no that was a relationship um yeah him you and I were kind of on and off for a while for years but we were like together for like a good three four years well, yeah well i was with s for six and you mm-hmm. had met this person yeah around the time i met s, him and i so. were talking yeah jay yeah, and i and were talking during so, that time when you were with us so the time that i was with s <clears throat> shortly after you and i stopped talking s and i got a little more serious mm-hmm. um and at some point a few years later, S and I started living together, and I had a promise ring, and then, lo and behold, six years later, I'm in this really toxic relationship that's a lot of lying and cheating on the other person's end, and a lot of frustrations on my end, and feeling vulnerable and sad and really depressed, and having to deal with so much more, like my dad being sick. Mm-hmm. 
taking care of him, my S at the time losing his brother and then me losing my dad, like there's a lot to it. So of course every like I was I was going through a lot just as you were. And then I left that toxic relationship after my dad died. I know you did reach out about my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left a toxic relationship and all of a sudden I'm in another one and engaged and don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of when we really started rekindling and that's where yeah. I was getting frustrated because I felt so alone. I, I, I was just with this guy and like this small group of people that we had around us and I was like, fuck, I need friends because if I end this. I want my friends back and I don't I don't want to be alone mm-hmm. like and I knew that I wanted the good people in my life that I had prior yeah so right. so that was a big thing as to why I was just totally okay with calling you out because I was like I I want friends I want people around me and I want genuine relationships and I wasn't getting that so it's yeah. so important to have friends because I feel like it's very common for people when they're in relationships to kind of abandon their friends. Mm-hmm. And you you need that support. You need that girl time. And, like, also, I just feel like... What was I going to say? Also, like... It's important to have friends that are straight up with you and honest with you and hold you accountable because you you need to hear the truth. I'm not the type of friend that's going to tell you what you want to hear. And I feel like a lot of my friends do appreciate my honesty because <laughs> I know that they were like fed up when I was in a relationship situationship and I was like miserable and like I knew that the right thing to do was leave because you can't change someone that doesn't want to change you can't you can't make someone like if they want to change they're gonna change but like it's it's not your job to fix anyone or heal them like that's part of their own journey and Well, that's part of, like, having friends, for sure, because you want the support system that's going to tell you, like, okay, why are you still with this dude? He's a piece of shit. What's wrong Mm -hmm. with you? But you also need the friends that are like, listen, how does he make you feel? The questions. The the one that's like, Mm -hmm. doesn't he make you feel like this? Reminding them of that they're worth so much more, of course, but also having those friends that kind of just sit back and wait for you um, when you need somebody. Just sit back and, and just wait mm-hmm. till the time comes. <clears throat> I'm kind of a mix of all of those friends, I feel. I definitely don't chime in as much as most of my friends would like me to when they ask for advice. They kind mm-hmm. of give them the, the facts. I don't sugarcoat it just as you don't. Mm-hmm. And I let them make their own choice because there's nothing I can do at that exactly. point. Exactly. Not having, and, and having friends is important. So whenever I was leaving that, I was so scared. I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. I don't have a support system. So that's why I reached out to certain people. And I can't remember who else I reached out to. I think it was one more person, but it was really just you. Mm-hmm. Um, that I felt like there was a missing thing because we did have a good friendship when, when we were we did. younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the toxic relationships within that time kind of taught me that, like, I need good people around me. And that kind of just reminded me of Gabby. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like these negative experiences, these toxic relationships really do teach you a lot about yourself. I feel like my past relationships taught me that I needed to love myself more. Mm-hmm. And it also taught me that I am worthy of love, but I'm worthy of something better than what... The bare minimum. Yeah, bare minimum. And, um, you know, communication's important. Respect is important. Mm-hmm. And you should be with someone that shares common values, beliefs, and wants to grow and evolve with you. And I look back at my past relationships and I'm just like, I'm very grateful for the experience because I did learn a lot and I still have a lot of love for them. And you know, I used to hate when people would say that like, Oh, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for the experience, but you get now it I've now. Lived, I've, I've lived those experiences. Like, with us, it was so toxic. It was so horribly mm-hmm. toxic. And, um, but I'm still grateful for it. And I wouldn't have changed it even by the day. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have broke up with him a day sooner. What I did when I did it, I feel like, yeah. was the right time for me. Maybe not for him, but for me. Um, and that goes into, like, my newest thing. I just broke it off with this guy and... You know, the whole grateful for it every day. She met him on Bumble. I did meet him on Bumble. And mm-hmm. so there's a couple instances. I'm not going to talk too much on it because I don't want to disrespect anybody. But there was something that he told me. And he was like, oh, um, I got a Bumble like a week before we matched. And I noticed that you super swiped me, which was an accident, to be completely honest. But I thought it was really cute anyway. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't think you can undo the super swipe. I don't know what it's called. Anyways, so I just left it, whatever. And he messaged me, or I messaged him, this bubble, and he messaged me back. And we, it was a very slow, casual meet. Like, oh, he asked me out a week later mm-hmm. and was like, oh, would you like to get coffee on this day? Or, or it was like maybe four or five days later, or whatever. Still, quite some time, usually. It's like within a couple days, most people plan out, at least from my experience with dating apps. Anyways, so, um,. We meet each other, whatever. It was a great time. We spend these, like, really great few months together. I have doubts. Those doubts are come to fruition, and they're they're truthful. Trust um, her gut. But the thing is, is, like, I'm kind of on the other end again, where it's like, I'm so grateful for the experience. And, yeah, I think I met a really good person, and I met a really fantastic person. But that's what I'm being fed right now and by this person. And it's kind of, it's kind of a joke. It kind of, I feel like it's kind of a joke. Like, this person's only doing it to make me feel bad or try to get me back because they want to be with me. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's weird to kind of navigate it and not under- not know if I should truly be grateful for the situation and be friends with this person or just completely cut it off, which I think is where it's going. But Yeah, I think it can be a little bit difficult to be friends with someone that you love. And, like, especially if, like... I mean, he clearly wants you back, but you, you made your decision and you're sure of it. Like, you, you I spent, know, I spent that weeks he's pondering not the one. and trying to understand yeah. why I felt this way. Why be with someone that you feel unsure about and have these doubts? Because the best part, too, your gut is always right. Yeah, and his communication was fantastic. And we talked He was about a Gemini. This. He was a Gemini. So the communication, though, however, was fantastic. He's Gemini, Scorpio, Sag, in whatever order, I can't remember. Yeah. But, like, what the hell? I just know that's nuts. So, in, in probably a good I'm way. I'm offended. No. But I'm a Gemini sun. 
Sagittarius moon and a Sagittarius rising. Yeah, I'm a Sag though. <laughs> I love Sagittarius. Anyways, so mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like it's hard. It's kind of hard to understand, like, was the niceness right? Like, was the niceness, like, truthful? Was it manipulative? Like, was it... I don't know. I don't know anymore. And it's a little weird. And the clinginess is just too much. And I don't know. It's strange. You can still love someone or have love for someone and know that they're not the right one for you. You shouldn't, like, settle for less. That's how I feel about Mm -hmm. S. And that's frustrating because we were together for six years. Mm -hmm. I love him. I'll always love him. And I love the good parts of what we had. Yeah. But... I don't love the hurt that I that I had. Mm-hmm. And that was part of us, too. So I have to be okay with that. Because it's either that or be tortured for a few more years until he finally gets his shit straight or he never does. I'm not willing to take yeah. the risk, you know? When you guys were kids. When you guys were... When you guys first started dating. That's I how I 19, see it. I was 19. He was 18. Like, yeah, we're... 18 like 19 but we were kids back then yeah well i had just gotten out of another relationship Mm -hmm. that was kind of long a little too long and not healthy at all very very unhealthy and at that point from the time i was 16 15 16 until i was 19 i had dated like off and on for a few months at a time another one was almost a year long like i had a lot of experience dating and not a lot of other experience but when I got with S it was so different because I wasn't getting treated very well but I also was so I was so young and although Mm -hmm. he was a little bit younger than me just by a few months it felt like I don't know it was weird it felt like that's just how it's supposed to be when you're young you kind of just let him do his thing or type of thing and and that's so unhealthy Mm -hmm. like you should always have no matter no matter the time frame of the relationship, you should always have loyalty. You should always have trust. Mm-hmm. You should always have love. And communication and respect. Yeah, communication and respect were the number two or the mm-hmm. one and two things that I did not receive enough. Me too. And I allowed it. And then I got to the point where I would communicate, he would not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never afraid to communicate. I was never afraid to fucking tell him how, how it was. Like, I was never afraid to be a bitch. Like, never. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew what I deserved, I just wasn't, and then whenever he would do something wrong and I'd forgive him, he knew that that was just one step closer into forgiving him for something a little different. Yeah, sometimes if you forgive someone, like cheating, for example, if you continue to be with that person, you kind of let them know, like, that's okay, that you're that they can do it again. So, and that's the thing I was telling you the other day, mm-hmm. if you notice a man is cheating on you, if you find something and it's not, and it's something you're willing to forgive, don't say a fucking word to him. Don't say one word mm-hmm. that you know. Don't let him know you know. The second time he does it, if you don't get out, then you have a problem. And you need to you need to figure out what you want. And you need to get yourself out. Because he's clearly not in it. So, that's just my advice now. With being the person who found out and forgave mm-hmm. and stayed, that's how I would do it this time around. First of all, I would never stay with one of somebody if they cheated on me yeah. one time. But let's say the situation came and that's what happened. Um, yeah, no, I, would, I wouldn't say a fucking word. And then I'd wait. <clears throat> and then the second he does something else or something worse or, some, or the same, 
I'd be like, well, we're, we're through because this is, mm-hmm. I know this happened a few months ago and I was willing to give you a second chance and you didn't do that. So that's definitely the way I would take it now. And that is every advice that I will give any young girl to do the damn mm-hmm. same. First of all, step one, don't take that shit. But if you choose to, you need to follow these rules because you're going to be fucked and you're going to be six years later. Yeah. And nowhere. Nowhere new, at least, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's heavy. I know, it's very heavy. Yeah, and it's, like, I always look at my parents' relationship, and, you know, no relationship is perfect, but when you look, when you grow up seeing nothing but unhealthy relationships, that shit, like, manifests into, like, your reality like you kind of attract a partner that's also toxic like i've always been attracted to unavailable men (laughs) well and that's that's the thing too is Mm -hmm. cheating is not the only toxic scandal you have to Mm -hmm. forgive there's a lot more to it it's not just forgiving on cheating it's forgiving when they've disrespected you Mm -hmm. or forgiving when they treat you like shit because they don't want to be fully emotionally there for you toxicity is not always like toxic relationships are not always cheating on each other there's yeah. so many different aspects in it oh my dad cheated on that one too but well, still, i mean <laughs> but yeah of course it happens it's been happening for ages mm-hmm. but i don't know people change some people don't yeah it's it's i feel like it's very common that a lot of people have like daddy issues a lot of girls have daddy issues or guys have mommy issues too and some girls have mommy issues yeah too. i feel like i have both yeah and when you have both it, it's hard to navigate relationships mm-hmm. because you're seeing the masculine side and you're seeing the feminine side and lacking in both so it's hard um i wouldn't say i have mommy or daddy issues <laughs> maybe I, I like i have like i've said i have no daddy issues it's a little bit different but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have mommy or daddy issues prior to this. I think I just wanted to be so different from everybody in my family. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to achieve things. I wanted to just be completely separate from everybody and break every generational curse there was. And I'm trying. I'm still failing at so many things, but I'm still trying. But you're still young. Yeah. It's still part of the journey. Yeah. Not everything can go the way you want it to. Mm-mm. That's the thing, though. Um, you have to be okay with allowing things to just happen. When toxic relationships come about and they're breaking with, like, they're they're breaking right in front of you, you have to be okay with it. You have to just let things, don't, don't try to overfix things, don't try to hyperfixate mm-hmm. on the relationship, lose the codependency, like... You have to because then you're stuck in this cycle over and over for years to come. You can't get out of it. And then you feel so lost that you don't have friends. And you become, the, it's, it's like a tornado. It just spirals into mm-hmm. just crap. And you feel stuck. They shouldn't be too hard. Like, I mean, no relationship is easy or perfect. But they shouldn't, you shouldn't tolerate disrespect. You shouldn't be with someone that isn't Constantly, loyal. like, crosses your boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know it can sometimes take a few uh, people a few times to understand a boundary. Mm-hmm. But taking time after time after time of saying, no, this is the boundary, and they're still crossing it, 
that's that's more than just them crossing the boundary. That is them disrespecting you. Mm-hmm. They're not listening to you. They're not listening to what you require. They're completely ignoring it. So that's where the toxicity comes in. And it's, it's frustrating because it's not just cheating and it's not just disrespecting you. It, it could be just these little things that you think like, oh, I'm supposed to nag my... Let's say, let's say wife and husband. Oh, I'm supposed to nag my husband about that. And it's the husband's like, oh, my wife's always nagging type of thing. Like, that's so into, like, today's world. It's starting to get normalized to respect boundaries and stuff like that, which is fantastic. But people are still in these old ways of thinking that disrespecting someone's boundary because it doesn't align with theirs is okay instead of just coming to a conclusion with the person and communicating compromise there's certain things you should not compromise on absolutely not but mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you could so i mean it's just people not understanding that and it, it can get really frustrating when it's a constant pattern i wanted to talk a little bit about social media oh my gosh Ugh. and relationships or just social media. Because, like, relationships... Well, it goes hand in hand with the relationships. Yeah, it ruins true. relationships. It's nuts. It's, it's liking pictures. Yeah. Following people. Like, I had an issue with my ex-S who... He would like pictures of these girls and they'd be famous people. And he'd be like, oh, well, they're yeah. famous. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. That doesn't bother me. And then it would slowly be like following this other girl that we went to high school mm-hmm. with or following this other person. And I had an insecurity about it and I was not okay with it. In a completely healthy relationship, I don't like my boyfriend looking at other girls on social media. I just mm-hmm. don't <laughs> like. Like, why? there's no need to. There's no need, and I don't go around. I don't follow all these guys and look at all their pages. Like, I have guy friends that I follow, and they're not really like friends. You know, they're like distant friends. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't follow these people who are on social media to show themselves because, like, men wise, because. Um, if I'm in a relationship, I respect that person. And even if it's harmless, because that's their job, or the social media person's job, or that's just what they like to do, that's great for them. But it causes a lot of issues in relationships, because the man just sees it as them just doing their job, or them just being on social media. But because there's so much cheating in the world anymore, it's hard to look over that. So when you get a man that's like, I don't really follow girls on social media... Oh, that, like, makes me think. When I was with D. <laughs> D's nuts. <laughs> D is freaking proposes to you after six weeks. Um, Red flag. <laughs> when I was with mm-hmm. him, he said, I said, oh, you don't have girls on your social media? Like, you're scrolling. He's like, no, I unfollowed all of them whenever you and I became official. I'm sorry, but that is not a green flag to me. That is a, if I wasn't with you, I'd still be looking at ass and titties. I agree. That's gross. I yeah. think it's gross. Yeah, I find it very unattractive. And oof, you can tell a lot about a person based on looking at their Twitter likes. Oh, Twitter Or their Instagram, Twitter. Oh, gosh, disgusting, raunchy. Yeah. I, so raunchy. The last person I was with, well, two years ago. Um, not technically it wasn't the last person I was with. But this guy that I was seeing, um, let's call him G., he is Twitter. <laughs> he likes just a bunch of girls that like, you know, like fitness models and 
I find that unattractive. Like, okay, yeah, these women are beautiful and attractive, but, like, have some respect, you know? Like, it's just... Well, and I know that their their content is out there to be seen, to be mm-hmm. liked, but I feel like there's there's certain guys. I'm not talking about every guy that does this, because, like, some guys are genuinely, like, what, like liking because it's a fitness thing, or mm-hmm. because it's, like, a... And then there was event. more, there was, like, OnlyFans, But too. that's what I'm saying, though, but there's a certain type mm-hmm. of guy... How he likes the pictures, which pictures he likes, and like his pattern, and that's when you know it's a red flag because there's a though there's gonna be guys that have liked a couple fitness models things mm-hmm. like very few in between, but that's not their goal is to like follow all yeah. these hot fitness models so that they can stare at them and be like wow I want to fuck them like that's what's going through the mind, but there's a huge difference like there's guys that like I said like them and it's harmless yeah. Um, but those guys are you also the tell. guys that don't do it while they're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And don't do it frequently anyways. I don't know. Yeah. You could tell who's, like, to be far-fetched, to, like, really reach and have an opinion on this. I feel like you can tell which guys are going to disrespect you sexually. Mm-hmm. Or, gonna like, cheating or doing things to you that you're not comfortable with. Um, or guilting you into doing things you're not comfortable with. Like, those are the types of guys that obsessively, like all these provocative pictures provocative by all means i mean i don't care what women post or anything like that but i do care when my partner's liking those things because it's meant for the male gaze that sex symbol and kind of going into the conversation about i don't know you also experience i experienced that in my relationship where this person was addicted to watching that but he when he was with me he stopped watching it i i know he would watch it like every once in a while but like it affected our sex life so, i'm not gonna go into too many well, details and that's the thing um corn is just it's it's hard to say because i feel like everybody watches corn and or have in their life mm-hmm. like it's so normal and but there's a there's, there's a, again there's a line and it's of the unrealistic, like, there's certain guys that watch corn and, like, know that yeah. it's so unrealistic because they've actually had sex before. Yeah. And they know that sex, or in a long-term relationship especially, that's important because, like, yeah. normal sex is fun. Yeah. But, like, long-term relationship sex is still very, very fun. It's more loving and more yeah. intimate. And that's what real sex is. But when you, corn, when you watch like corn, it's hardcore, hardcore and it's gross and fake. nasty and like yeah. sexy. And sex is not only sexy. Yeah. And men who have the derived of corn being the only way to have sex to get off, that's super unhealthy. Yeah. Why can't they be aroused naturally? Yeah. It or why, why, are they, why are they picking the partners that don't arouse them naturally? Yeah. Which isn't always the case, but, like, still, like, because you'll you'll see here are these stories of men. Maybe this is the same story for you, but they watch corn all this time. They, this is how they get off every single night. And every once in a while they have sex with a girl. Mm-hmm. And when they have sex with a girl, it needs to be, like, suit, like, corn style. Like, it needs yeah. to be up there. And then men aren't satisfied, so they go back to the corn. It's just constant addiction. Mm-hmm. And they expect it to be like, oh, she's going to be, like, bent like a fucking tortilla. Like, <laughs> like all of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, a broken taco shell. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they expect these things from from these bodies to disrespect. Because that's all a corn is. is just being horny and, like, 
disrespecting sex, essentially. Not to say that people who do porn are bad or anything like that, because I don't think that way. Like, really, it's just... That's another career, but I feel like men who watch it for those reasons are the ones that are disrespect. Yeah, and that they disrespect women and just see them as objects. But yeah, that person that I was with, um, I was actually his first partner. So, you know, I... I have, like, empathy for him. I'm so glad that I'm not with him anymore, but um, mm-hmm. that was, like, a big issue in our relationship. Yeah. And our sex life. Well, yeah, because I feel like when your sex life is interrupted by un- unrealistic sex, it- it's suddenly like, oh, I'm not into this person, or I need to go be with somebody else. Because they're not giving me what I need. But realistically, it's them having that unhealthy addiction to unrealistic mm-hmm. sex. Versus being okay with your partner. And that's why men cheat. Because they have this version of realistic sex. Sex twice every single time. Three to five times a week. Like, they expect it. You know what I mean? And more than that. Well, no, I know. I mean, yeah. the average. Like, <laughs> people, some people yeah. have sex, like, every yeah. fucking day. And, and that's a problem, too, because I feel like, well, when you're in love with somebody and you're new in a relationship, mm-hmm. you have sex a lot. But once you're truly connected with somebody, you don't want to have sex but to connect. Emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about the sex anymore. It's about connecting with the person you love. Yeah. And so whenever one person loses that, just even a little bit. And that's the thing about S. This is why I have this opinion is because I would notice that when we wouldn't have sex as much he would be looking for it elsewhere there was one time he told me i said why are you he was purchasing only fans and that's another thing too only um mm-hmm. yeah like by all means like i'm down to support my favorite girl like i'll, mm-hmm. I'll subscribe to her if she's like super great don't get me wrong but it's just unrealistic porn again like it's the same thing it's just purchased porn Back to, like, early 2000s, the way it used to be. But in a relationship, I don't think you should be purchasing those yeah. things because it's... Disrespectful. Yeah. So I asked him, why Why are you Why are you doing this and talking to this person? Because, like, on OnlyFans, they do connect mm-hmm. a little bit. And trying to meet up with this person. Mm-hmm. It was a famous person. It was a UFC fighter, actually. I don't know if she's still a UFC fighter. Anyways, so there's an unrealistic thing. She's, like, famous, quote-unquote. She really wasn't that famous. Mm. But um, she's got a great body, and she's hot. Like, she she looks great. Like, so, like, all these unrealistic things, and she's giving him attention. Yeah. So I asked him, why are you doing this? And he says, because you're not having sex with me enough. He could have communicated that. Well, and not only that, I don't give a fuck if I'm not having sex with you enough. Like, clearly you're doing something wrong in the relationship. I don't need to give you my body to satisfy you. Mm-hmm. So, for one, communicate that you feel like we're disconnected, not that we're not fucking enough. And two, ask me what's wrong. Treat me yeah. with respect. Maybe I want to have sex with you more. And that's the thing. It's like, it's very frustrating because I felt like it was always used as a weapon. Sex. That's so unfair. I don't know. <laughs> what's your thought? No, I agree. Like, it's... I feel like a lot of people, like, they have, like, makeup sex or whatever. Like, they'll get into an argument. Oh, yeah, it's passionate. Yeah, it is passionate. I feel like... crave it. Yeah. Like, I... Don't get me wrong. I'm one for a passionate makeup sex. Like, just like everybody else Mm -hmm. is. It's great. 
But there comes a point where it's super unhealthy and the fights are constant and the person's cheating, especially. And so there's a lot of aspects to it of it being unhealthy. And using sex as a way to communicate is very unhealthy. Which is why whenever I was ending this thing that I had with T, mm-hmm. um, I, I refrained. We did a couple times, but within the time that I was like really overthinking or thinking things, we did twice, actually twice only. And within that time, I didn't want to use it to, to gravitate me back. I didn't want it to make me choose this person mm-hmm. because the sex was good or whatever, you know? And so it brings me to, like, not not using it as a weapon. Because maybe it's using it as, like, glue or something. Using sex to, like, keep relationships together. But really, it's just the fucking weapon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be what self-destructs you. For sure. Yeah. And my relationship with S started with sex. Like, it started very Same lustful. Same with mine with Jane. Sexual, lustful, like, all of the above. So, I don't know. It's just really interesting. Starts how it ends. So your first doubt is usually why it ends. I hear that a lot. And I do believe... It's, it's and that's why, that's why, with T, the doubt that I had, mm-hmm. the one that involves my future, there was no way I was going to be able to overlook that. Because... When it comes to sex, the first doubt you have is like, oh, is this person going to cheat on me? Or are they too sexual for me? Or do they want too much for me like that? Um, and then having another doubt of like, oh, is this person going to, does this person actually want to be with me, start a family with me, be with me forever type of thing? Um, I feel like those are two of the most common red flags to really listen to. Um, but something like, Oh, this person's a little messy. That's not necessarily a red flag. I think, you guys can adapt. I think it's important to, to make together. a list of what, like, your, what, what is it? the Your goal. Or like, your, your absolute no's. Like, yeah, like, oh, I can't think of the word. But make a list of what you do want in a, like, must have in a partner. And also things that, like, are not too important. Like, I, what I look for in a partner is someone that, is over six feet. I'm just kidding. No, I mean low key, Same. yeah. Like I, I, I want a tall dude. Okay, I, I, I do feel okay. So I, I do feel really bad when like I was like scrolling through the apps. I would think like I'm still, I still have the apps. Like they're up. I don't really use. I them. I deleted them. I don't use them. They're kind of there. Mm-hmm. I just I don't have connection to any of the. I, which we'll play into again right now. But the thing about that though is like I have a list of like dues. So my number one must-have is that this person wants a future, wants kids, wants to get married. Those are the number ones because, yes, I'm only 25, turning 26, but I'm 25, turning 26. I want somebody that I'm going to build a future with. Yeah, so that's someone that's going to go, who wants to go in the same direction as you. Oh, yeah. And, and while it may not like be you. completely the same, there's a pattern. There's generally an idea of what you both want. And if it aligns mm-hmm. in any sort of way, it should be able to work, right? Um... A second must-have for me, I feel like, is strong communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but along with that is, like, just not being afraid. Not being afraid in a relationship to just say what you feel. Communicate. You should be with someone that you feel comfortable sharing your feelings with. And that's something that I did struggle in the last relationship that I was with. It. I felt like I couldn't fully be my authentic self around him sometimes because i i feared like rejection oh, yeah and it's because i rejection mean rejection like your personality 
Well, just Does like I was struggling a lot with like I, at the time, like I really identified with like my mental health issues. I was in therapy for four years and I was diagnosed with several things and it just kind of made me like have, I guess like identity issues where I felt like I was kind of broken. I felt like I, nobody would love me because of my issues and I kept them, like I kept them hidden for a long time. Like I didn't really open up to him because I didn't feel like safe or comfortable being vulnerable with him. And he had already rejected me in the past. And he also had a hard time communicating his feelings and being vulnerable. I mean, there was times where he did be, like, he was vulnerable with me. But um, it took me six years to tell this person that I loved him. And I said it first. And he said it back. But he told me that, like, like saying I love you was very uncomfortable for him because I mean it's vulnerable okay it well, is and vulnerable. that's the thing too Ooh, like, yeah with mm-hmm. this person I I felt like okay three months is like or two months is like a really quick time to know that you love somebody mm-hmm. but I feel like I love, awesome. I love people like I meet friends and I know that I instantly love them so it's not necessarily like an in love type of thing so mm-hmm. I was with this boy and I told him that I loved him I, I told you know wanted him to know that I cared about him more than like and that was probably a mistake because it kind of turned into this weird, really crazy story. But um, he said, oh, I told him that he didn't need to say it back, for one, because I didn't want it to be ingenuine. But also he was like, oh, I don't know if I feel that yet. Like, I also don't, I, what did he say? Like, he's like scared of using the word or something. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. know, he doesn't think, I don't know. He was kind of basically explaining it as like, he likes to know for sure before he'll say it. So then... Which is understandable. Yeah, and that's exactly what I would want. Mm-hmm. But then time went on, and I said it to him at one point out of, like, excitement, and he said, me too. He said, me too. Y'all y'all hear that? He said, me too. Me too. And I was like, okay. Yikes. I don't like that. So we were on a trip at the time. We came back, and I told him that. I told him I wanted some space. Not necessarily for that reason. I was dealing with a lot of things, but... That definitely played a part into it of, like, me too. If you feel that way about me, you should be able to say it, right? If not, don't fucking, like, beat around the bush. So I told him that. He got really upset and was just like, I didn't mean to hurt you. And got super emotional about it, which is fine. Great. I love emotion. But he went home. He wrote in his journal. He shared his journal with me that said that he loved me. And so, of course, I'm like, okay, well, that's really sweet. And he's like, I do love you, or whatever. He finally said it. Whatever. And then, time goes on. I'm still having these doubts about, like, the future and stuff like that. And I told him as he was leaving one time, oh, I really like it when you tell me you, that you love me, if you mean it, like, before you leave. So mm. that when you're, you know, on your way home, like, I know you're safe while you're driving and you do care about me. He said it one time. And then maybe three or four times later, he wasn't saying it anymore as he was leaving. So I was like, that's annoying. Mm. Like... Just tell me you don't want to say it that often or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but. But that's something. That's like something that he needs to work on. Like that's but not that's your. But that's the thing too. Is like clearly, problem. clearly that was a red flag yeah. that I was ignoring. That it didn't feel genuine. So then I break up with this guy and he's very upset and it still feels like in this point that he's. Doing it, 
or like just trying to stay connected just to get me to change my mind it feels very manipulative now and I did tell Gabby that like I feel like maybe it was a little manipulative but I couldn't tell so mm -hmm. that should have told me that it was but I don't know I feel like it goes back to the, that first red flag of like not knowing if he was manipulative or not and then in the end that's kind of what it turned into and that's what I mean by like the red flag that first red flag is going to yeah. be why you break up and, you know, don't get me wrong, dating apps, I've, I know a couple people that have found, like, healthy and oh, yeah. good good men, good women And not to say, apps, because this person, this person that I've been seeing was an incredible person. Like Yeah, I liked him. He was great. Maybe it's because Super. he was, like, the boy version of me. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, nobody's perfect. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to compatibility and just, like, um, someone that shares similar views values and wants to build a future you kind of have to be on the same wavelength yeah and i feel he was a year younger than you right yeah but a year and a half but as we know boys mature way later, way later. and that's something too i mentioned to him that i feel like i had an a more experience mature, she yeah, had more experience. more experience and he was like i don't understand why that's an issue and it was just very like trying to yeah, trying to invalidate every single reason there was multiple reasons why I wanted to break up and every time I would tell him a new one or explain the whole thing he'd be like he'd have a rebuttal like he'd be like oh well this is because of this or this is because of this it's like I don't need an answer I don't need you to answer my question because yeah. it's not a question I know I feel this way and this is why I'm breaking up but he would invalidate those reasonings yeah. and that's so unfair so it felt that very manipulative and I made it very clear to him that I was not going to deal with that again. And instead of just accepting the breakup, he's continuing to message her and... Well, oh, yeah, he right. had or he had, like, swiped up to my Instagram yeah. a few days ago on the 2nd of September because the how I'm going back to Disneyland mm -hmm. and I posted, like, the Disneyland, like, the pumpkin at Disney that was put up, all the decor was put up. And he swiped up and he's like, oh, I can't. I really hope you have a good time on your trip, blah, blah, blah. I just ignored it. Mm -hmm. And then he called me last night. Or no, he called me the next day or something. I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Because the last time I had talked to him before that was when we broke up. The night we broke up. So, or the night after, whatever. And then I get a call last night. I ignore it. So then I texted him, you called? And he didn't answer. So I called him about 10 minutes after that. And he was like, oh, I just really wanted to tell you what I told you on the phone, but in person. And I really wanted to hug you. And I really wanted to get the permanent pictures that we took when we were in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Like, very apprehensive about it. He can have the damn pictures. I don't really care. But, like, I don't need him to try come over and try to convince me to not break up with him. And I feel like that's what that's going to be. So then he texted me today, and he's like, can I come over today? I just said no. And he didn't answer, so maybe he'll stop. Hopefully get the hint. Yeah. Another thing what I don't like about social media, it <sighs> seems like a competition, and it seems like a lot of it is based on looks. Mm -hmm. I mean, That's all it is. That's it dating is. Dating apps. Dating apps are like that. Um, social media yeah. is like that. Like, all of it. Yeah, and... and I was on dating apps for like a couple weeks, but the first day I knew, I was like, I told myself, I was like, what the heck am I doing? I don't like this. 
And to be honest, I was kind of influenced by my friends and like, I mean, nothing wrong with going on dating apps, going on dates. It can be fun. But I was very sure with myself, like, you know, taking time to focus on myself and trusting the process. And I, I am genuinely happy by myself and being single because I don't have to worry about someone else. Like, mm -hmm. I hear I hear my girlfriends having boy problems and I'm just glad and grateful that I don't have to deal with any of that. Um, and I truly believe that I'll attract the right person when I'm ready and you shouldn't just allow anyone into your life and when you when you're on these dating apps of course you're getting to know them but be friends with them first i feel like the most genuine friendships and relationships start off as you know you take taking the time and getting to know someone and i mean there there's a few people where you click immediately and you're friends but like you just kind of take things slow sometimes and like I don't know I'm just not really about dating apps I'm not gonna say that I'm never gonna go on them but as for right now I'm good I'm good being alone I feel like my friendships and just also me being alone me spending time with myself is very is much more fulfilling than Having to talk to these guys on these dating apps, it's like exhausting. it's exhausting. It's ex okay, I have a question. Telling though. a bunch of people what you do for a living. It's it's small annoying. talk. Like it's at this so point, annoying. I'm gonna have like a notes. Mm -hmm. Copy and paste. Yeah, copy and paste. That's what it feels like. But I will say though, I doesn't matter how good looking the guy is. If he's tall, if he likes a certain picture of me, I won't match. Or you like that? He likes a certain. Okay, picture. so I was on Hinge. You weren't on Hinge. Okay, so I was on, on Hinge, Hinge, they have a long your, time they, they, on Hinge. They go through your profile and like one of the photos or something. I don't think I've ever seen your dating profile. No. No. Can I see it? Let me let me read it to you, guys. So, so I let my coworkers because because <laughs> the the reason I'm saying this is like let's say look at my profile. My hands are cold. <laughs> so my first picture is this one. It's obviously filtered. Mm -hmm. It looks like me when I put makeup on. Maybe it's a little extra filter but it's cute right that's a cute picture it's a good representation of me if i have makeup on um a typical sunday i say typically start the morning at the dog park um but with hopes that there's rain some coffee involved relaxing and cleaning kind of just like it's a normal profile mm -hmm. i have my age my height where i live drink sometimes smoke no weed yes pills no like mm -hmm. hinge is like really into it i like hinge the most um especially because i don't like being the first one to start the conversation because i hate that but there's a lot less weirdos on hinge that's where i met d the not d <laughs> that proposed to me but d you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah d and d <laughs> um so it like asks your political preferences this is my second photo yeah. And then my third photo is like this cute one. I love that one. And then two truths and a lie. I put I've been arrested before. I know four languages, and I was born on Friday the Thirteenth. We both know yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. I literally only know English. But like those are cute. Like it's cute. That's another photo again, very filtered. Um, I have a video of Banks. It says what I order for the table. I said pretzel bites. If not, if on the menu. If not, wings. Mm -hmm. And then this is my last photo. Again, mm -hmm. very, like no makeup, no filter, anything mm -hmm. like that. So I make sure to do two like filtered, like very done up photos. And then, you know, my chill photos. Mm -hmm. 
And when a guy only likes, first of all, that first photo, I don't give him the time of day. Because clearly he didn't go through my profile. Okay. Two, if he goes down my profile and likes the second to last, maybe middle, maybe a prompt or something, I'll give him a chance. Yeah. But again, he's got a message first. On Hinge, it's, I don't like it. That's why I don't like Bumble very much. I don't like the message first. Maybe I'll give Hinge a try, but to be honest, I'm, I like I'm Hinge, good. and there's a lot of really cute guys on Hinge. Um, my preferences are very tight, though. Like, I don't have a height preference, um, except I feel like I should, because, like, no... Okay, there's a difference between a short dude and a short king, and these freaking five foot two guys who are total tools, <laughs> like, five foot two, <laughs> trying to match with me, knowing uh-huh. I'm five four, and maybe it's not that much of a difference, but it feels like it. And yeah. they're definitely a tool because they have their Instagram linked. And I'm just like, ew, like, you're not even a short king, dude. You're just short. Like, not to hate, but, like, damn, you know those guys. Mm, I dated one. Yeah, I know. That's um, what I'm saying. But then there's the short kings, like, 5'4 to 5'7, I feel like is short king style. And... I even consider, like, 5'7, five, 5'8 five, short king. Well, well it's because I'm tall. Five, nine, you guys, five, I'm 5'7 five, and a half, 5'8. Yeah, that's the thing, though. For me, though, I'm only 5'4, so, like, a guy 5'9 and up, I'm fine with. But, like, 5'8 and under to, like, 5'4. I think a lot of them are funny, but a lot of them are insecure. In my experience, that's my experience. Well, yeah, it's because the tall men win all the time. Yeah. yeah. But I do look for tall guys. Yeah. I have an interest in tall guys. I like tall guys. I like to wear heels. I like tall to be tall. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that I'm, I like white guys way more, which is such a shock to me. I do like... Um, I like Mexicans. I like, I like, I like so black lot. men, too, definitely. Um, Darker-skinned black men. I don't really like light-skinned black men. I mean, they're usually they're very pretty. <laughs> they are pretty. Um, but I do like really dark-skinned black men. Mm-hmm. Mexican men, I... Like, my preferences are kind of all over the place. Like, Asian men, I'm very interested in Asian men. I definitely mm-hmm. have a liking, too. But my preferences are all over the board. What about personality-wise? I feel like funny. I like men they have that to are... be funny because... I feel like I'm always funnier than them. That's the thing. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, is, like, they're, not, they're definitely not going to be as funny as me because that's just not possible. <laughs> <laughs> but they have to be really funny. smart. They have to... Well, I feel not like... Necessarily. Okay, smart, I, yeah. I, value, I really like guys that are really smart okay i like guys that are smart but i like guys that are like smart enough to understand like my witty jokes like mm-hmm. if i say a joke and they're like what does that mean like ew, i'm not about it like that's just not it because i'm very witty mm-hmm. um i don't know i feel like my preferences are kind of vague like mm-hmm. um nationality or or ethnicity of a man does not matter to me race does not matter to me any of mm-hmm. those things um, height, like I said, is super important, but it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, what matters to me is, like, the, what they want in the future. Exactly. Um, are we gonna align? So, like, no, I don't really have a preference. I just have, honestly, my only preference is someone who's honest. Yeah. And that I vibe with really well. Someone that you can connect to emotionally. First emotionally, though, Mm -hmm. like... I feel like that's super important because, like, yeah, I want to connect sexually. I want to connect. What about economically? Like, money. A man with I money. Think it's, I think it's important. Like, I think it's important to be with somebody who saves and who mm-hmm. values money that's similar to you. Yeah. You're going to be in a relationship. Like, to each their own. I mean, like, Well, that's the thing, too, to is, me. like, I don't, just as a man wouldn't want to be with me if I have, like, super horrible spending habits um, but there's a point where, like, some people are more frugal than others, and that's completely yeah. okay, and, like, I would definitely be with a man who, like, 
doesn't spoil himself often or mm-hmm. whatever or vice versa. Um, but being like a penny pincher, I'm not okay with. Because like why you can't, the tighter you hold on to money, the har- the the faster it wants to leave you. So we're in, we're on this earth to make, make money, yeah, and live, but we're not here just to make mm-hmm. money. Um, you need to like, why are you going to live? Yeah, so like travel. having a bunch of money that you don't, don't use, travel. having a bunch of money, like you can have thousands and thousands of dollars in your bank account and you're not using it. And I could have a few thousand and be using it. And mm-hmm. I'd, ra- I'd rather have less money. And more experiences than all this money and nothing exactly. to spend it on. Like, so, life yeah, isn't that's, all about working so, and being a slave to the system. Um, so, that's the thing, too, is... Sorry, someone, okay. someone's wanting to buy my stools. Um, but I feel like that doesn't matter to me. Like, if a man has a lot of money, it doesn't matter. As long as he's not irresponsible with his mm-hmm. money. Um, do I want a man that could take care of me? Sure. Who wants mm-hmm. to work? Like, not me. I definitely don't want to work. But um, I definitely don't rely on that. Like, I don't rely on money in a relationship. Or I don't rely on... I think what I don't. I, I don't meant, want the man to be rich in order to be with him. It what matter. I meant is, like... Okay, so I'm 25. You're 25 as mm-hmm. well. I'm not going to date someone that doesn't have a car, doesn't have a job, or doesn't have, like, a good-paying job. Like, I, I want them to... You know, kind of be take their life seriously, financially stable. Like, oh yeah, no, I can put it. Like I'm not gonna be with some mm-hmm. dude that's broke because he chooses not. Yeah. Because he chooses to be. Mm-hmm. If he's got some hardships, he has hardships. That's fine. I'm not gonna yeah. fault him for that. But if he has the ability to be stable, that's the man I want. Hmm. Like I don't expect him to be rich, but I do want to be with someone that's financially stable and knows. I preferably do want to be with someone that. Like, knows about, like, investing and dealing with money. See, and that's the thing, too. T was like that. T was like that. He Mm -hmm. knew all about stocks and stuff. He knew about investing and stuff like that. But I don't know. I have a... I can understand wanting to be with somebody like that. But in my experience, it's just... It's always about... um, I don't know. Like... It's just, it's unhealthy. It's super unhealthy. Like, every person that I've been with that has been invested in in investing in stocks and stuff like that has been just very obsessive over it and relies on that the only way to make their money type of thing. And that's great, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't know. I want a man who... I there's a, a couple of things that I want in a man men, mentally stable for sure mm-hmm. can't like everybody has their days don't get me wrong but um I'm way too mentally unstable for, to be with somebody who's mentally unstable um financially stable like comfortable is just fine yeah. for me but also like not not worried about money all the time I don't want somebody mm-hmm. that's constantly like Oh, we can't do these things because we don't Lose have this in a money. scarcity or, mindset. Yeah, like I want something. That's something that I'm still working and on. And that's the thing about me is like, yeah, I have money problems just as everybody else does, but I'm not afraid of it. I'm. I know that eventually I'm gonna work it out, or it's gonna come around to me. It comes and goes. So if I have to spend that dollar, I'm gonna spend the damn dollar because I'm gonna earn the mm-hmm. damn dollar again. I'm gonna figure it out. So I'm not scared of money, and a lot of people are. 
And I feel like that's kind of where the investing goes into. And I don't know. So money is like a big topic and economic is... I don't know if you should go into relationships thinking about that. Um, Unless you know that they're like super unstable with money. Um, I feel like that's something that you develop together for sure. I feel like a lot of people divorce because of money. Oh yeah, especially when you go in with an unhealthy mindset of... Mm -hmm. Not knowing how you feel about money. So I feel like that's way more important going into a relationship than knowing how they feel. And then kind of coming together to to develop something. Yeah. um, I guess my takeaway of this is I'm in a place where I feel like I'm not obsessing over being with someone. And when I was younger, I was definitely like kind of obsessive with the idea of like, when am I going to be in a relationship? When is it going to be my turn? I felt very lonely and I just wanted to experience love. And now that I've experienced love and unhealthy relationships and, you know, I'm, I know that I'm capable and worthy of being loved, but I truly believe that I will attract the right partner when I am ready and when the timing is right. And during the meantime, like, I'm just going to continue to work on myself and hang out with my friends and travel more and also get to know myself like I think that's kind of like what your 20s are about it's getting to know yourself and just like making memories and like I want to travel I don't have any kids right now like I'm like these are these are supposed to be the best years of our life and I don't think you should have to be in a relationship to travel either yeah I want to go on some soul trips yeah. eventually, or just like girl oh, trips. Yeah, friends, family, when you can. Family's hard to have trips with, for sure, but that's everybody, mm-hmm. of course. But um, those solo trips, I feel like, are the most, is the time where you reflect the most. Yeah. You find out what you want, what you need, what all the other things, everything like that, really. Yeah, so I I always have to constantly remind myself that, like, I trust the process. I mean, I I don't I don't feel lonely to be honest, but, um, sometimes like. I guess because there was a time where I would see my friends like, and you know they 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 were in their relationships and I kind of felt like, damn, I'm always that single friend. Or um, if that, that friend, too. or that friend that's always in situationships. And- uh, well, the thing for me though, oh shit, oh, was I was always the friend that boyfriend never came. When there wasn't like the single friend, like in high school or whatever, I was the friend that's boyfriend had to go pee. That's boyfriend would just wouldn't show up to her things, but I would go to all her, his friends' things. Hmm. So that's a big topic too, because I feel like having somebody that's not there for you when you show up for them. That's a huge yeah. thing. That's, that kind of reminded me of something. I was with someone and sometimes you could be in a relationship and feel extremely alone. I was with someone for a long time. And I knew this person for for six years since I was 18. He was actually my first kiss. And I actually plan on, I, I plan on recording an episode and kind of talking about things I wish I told him. And who knows, I might even send it to him, but, um, you know, it's still something that I'm debating if I want to do, but, um, 
there's been times and I feel like it's a common thing that a lot of women or I'm sure men also have felt this like they feel lonely in their relationship because their partner isn't providing that emotional support and like I'm sure you you felt lonely in your relationship like you guys were together but he wasn't providing that emotional support so lonely and I think that's kind of one of the worst feelings like when you when you have someone but they're just not there for you emotionally so the biggest thing too is mine ended because he wasn't there for me emotionally after my dad died so there was a lot to play in that so i can't can't be there for you during the tough times the difficult times there's no hope for the other difficult times or the less difficult Mm -hmm. times and while he was going through a lot like i definitely think that's an excuse because the past shit that everybody in the world has gone through in the last four or five years has been nuts but him too so um it doesn't excuse his past um of what he used to do to me but I do feel like he was just having a hard time being there for me but not having somebody there for you emotionally in those little times it just it just builds up mm-hmm. it builds up from that one little point until you get to the point where I was at where you absolutely needed it and you felt so lonely because you weren't getting it and it hurts your partner's supposed to be your best friend and like your biggest supporter and <sighs> yeah I, I mean, he was but we lost that touch of Mm-hmm. we lost that connection because I don't know I don't know why but we did we weren't being the good partners to each other especially him to me but I mean I wasn't being the best to him either because I was hurting you know mm-hmm. so yeah like we all have our trauma we all have our baggage but you have to heal and you can still he- healing is something that's like a lifelong process healing is not linear it it's is not all over the linear place. you you'll you think that you like moved on and healed from it and then later on like years it even it'll smack you in the face and it, it does get easier but like there's certain people that you they do not navigate it i'm not sure it ever yeah. gets easier i think you just know how to navigate it differently when you grow yeah. a little bit more there's um there's people that won't face their shadows and they'll oh, just yeah. they'll numb themselves they'll go to drugs sex really unhealthy not normal things self-sabotaging self-destructive behaviors and that's not healing healing isn't moving on from like like dating someone new and like not taking the time to Heal and I'm guilty of doing this. Like I, I got out of a relationship and I was on the dating apps and, like, it kind of worked. Like I kind of got over that person, but I still had feelings for that person. Like it, it's just a distraction. But, you know, everyone, everyone copes differently, and a lot of people do, distract themselves, in unhealthy ways. Absolutely. But I truly believe that, like, spending time alone and also just, like, with the right people, surrounding yourself with good people is key to, like, 
healing and also just discovering yourself again and becoming the person that you want to become. Absolutely. I completely agree. Is there anything else you want to say before we close off the episode? Um, <laughs> I no. hope you guys enjoyed it. I think, I think, you know, we did touch base on toxic relationships and how they affect friendships and stuff like that and um, rekindling friendships because of toxic relationships. And mm-hmm. it, it's all kind of interesting that they intertwine, that's for sure. And realistically, you just kind of have to be aware of what you want and what you don't want and mm-hmm. try your best to give that to yourself try your best to make yourself understand mm-hmm. um how how toxic it can become if you allow the bad behavior mm-hmm. to show pay attention to how you feel especially like when you yeah leave. trust your gut yeah trust your gut like, trust i know your that's intuition. such an old saying and everything but it's really real. like trust your gut like there's mm-hmm. times where you're probably overthinking and you have anxiety but you know the difference you yeah. definitely know the difference I was with someone that made me feel anxious all the time. Like, that's not normal. No, not at all. That's not a healthy relationship. Same thing goes with friends. Like, you should, like, I feel like it's common for people to, well, at least not in my experience, but I mean, in the past, yes, I've been friends with people that I don't really like. And it's like a people-pleasing thing. Okay. It's a people-pleasing thing. Well, I could see that in some of your friendships that I've at least witnessed and I'm very picky with who I choose to have in my life and my I friends yeah. my friends in my life are there for a reason mm-hmm. and I have a very small circle of friends and none of them are intertwined with each other so it's beneficial to me but you have to be picky you have yeah. to be because those if you choose to have those people in your life in the times that you're not alone um you have to be picky on who you choose all right um i'm not sure what's going on um <laughs> i don't know what happened the podcast, I, the podcast we've been going on for over an hour so we're just gonna try to wrap it up yeah but yeah i mean i feel like that's a massive thing we're talking about like friends and like having the people in your life so having the people in your life that matter to you and like benefit you as selfish as that sounds it's extremely important yeah like be with people that are going to grow with you and that I think we can all learn something from everyone. Oh, absolutely. Even if people Even the bad. Yeah, even yeah, the short term. Short term good, short term bad, like mm-hmm. those are those are worth having too. But in the long run, always choose people that benefit you and mm-hmm. that'll keep you positive influence in your life. Well, yeah, and that'll keep you out of toxic situations or at least help you understand them a little bit sooner and to know what you deserve and don't deserve mm-hmm. and blah blah blah, you know you know, the gist of all of that, but it's very important. So having positive influences around you will, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, keep you out of toxic relationships. Yeah. You can't do it yourself. There's no way. You have to have people with you. Good people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And someone, and I totally agree with this. Like someone once told me that like friends are the family that you choose because we don't choose oh, our I parents. Oh, all of the time. We don't choose our parents. We don't choose our siblings. But we do choose our friends. friends. We do choose our friends. We do choose our partners. Mm -hmm. Nobody's forcing you to be friends with them. Mm -hmm. So so You choose them. Yeah, so like... Be picky. Exactly. You don't get to be picky with your family, so be picky with the people Mm -hmm. you have in your life on purpose. That's actually another topic that I would like to record. Or, yeah, I definitely want to do a topic about toxic family. Because that's something that... 
I think I have to deal with. And and it affects your daily life. Yeah. There's whether it's your parents or siblings, like I think almost everyone has a toxic family member. It could even be like a tia or a tío or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult. Like it's a cousin, like like not every family is no no family is perfect. No, of course not. There's definitely some that are healthier and when I was in high school, like going to my friend's house, I began to realize like, oh, this is such a different environment. This is such a different like 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 this is definitely healthier than and very different than what I experienced at home. Um but that's another topic that I'll discuss another day. So if you guys are interested in recording that podcast with me, let me know. Hit me up. All right, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with my friend, Thanks Cheyenne. It was a great time. I hope you guys have a great day and I'll, listen, or I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast. Bye. Bye.